They're the turtles the world deserves, but not the one it needs right now. So we'll discuss them, because they can take it. Because they're not heroes. They're chatty guardians. Pizza protectors. The Ninja Turtles. And this is WatchBots. April! April! Hi, everybody. Welcome to WatchBots. This is Ben, and I am joined by the usual panel. We got Shailen. Hello. Hello. How are you? I'm all right. How are you? I'm doing okay. And also by Dave. Marry me, Ben. <laughs> is that an Arrested Development reference? Uh, no, I, I, I didn't intend to be. I just, I just thought I'd spring it on you. I'm, I'm, I'm feeling romantic. I'm feeling you know, impulsive. Just... And I just wanted to say what was on my heart. That's cool. He has a wife. It's a party summer, you know. YOLO. Yeah. YOLO's back. White podcast host summer. Oh, boy. As, as Chet Hanks uh, <laughs> told us. That's right. Yeah. That was his exact term. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How's life? How are we doing here? Okay. Doing okay. Doing all right. Went to the doctor yesterday. I've hit like old man status, I think. They found sure. two giant walls of wax in my ears. <laughs> Um, and took Gross. those out. So I can actually hear you guys. Uh, I didn't realize how poor my hearing was mm. until they re- removed those those blockers. And did you ever see that movie with Val Kilmer at first sight? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That makes two people in the world. Sure. Um, it was like that, but like a tiny hearing version of that where it was like, oh, the, someone turned the world up just like two more notches on the on the dial there. This so, one has eleven. So what do they do? Yeah. What do they? What do they burn that out? Scoop. They take a, a serrated knife, Rambo size knife, <laughs> like a and, bread knife. Uh, yeah, yeah. Just scoop it in there. No, it was um, uh, it was quite uncomfortable actually. It was just a water and hydrogen peroxide mix, and they okay. take this giant water syringe and squirt it into your ear with I don't even know how to describe the force. Um, a lot of it, and it gets like behind the wax and sure. then they scoop it out it's the woman voluminous amount exactly the woman you know when you watch porn and the the woman in the porn takes out the guy's dick out of the guy's jeans or whatever and, and she's always surprised that there's a penis there mm-hmm. that's <laughs> the reaction the nurse had when she took the wax out of me it was so big she was like oh my god it just like hands up and like to the <laughs> side it was it was funny. It was comical. I thought it was going to be more embarrassing than it was. Um, but I think now that I've told it to our tens of listeners, maybe the embarrassment's just going to set in right now. Another similarity to porn. Your ear was inside button fly jeans for some reason. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it's like, who wears those on their ears anymore? I don't know. It's just it's crazy. One time I 
bought jeans online. This is a good story, I promise. And okay. they came and they you were wet them and came. They were button fly jeans, and I was like, I don't want to wear these. I can't be a, like I'm not European. I'm not a button fly guy. I had one really excellent pair of button fly jeans, and then I ripped them. <laughs> oh fuck! It was really oh, shit. Sorry to hear that. So, what'd you do with those jeans, Ben? I don't know. I think they're in a drawer somewhere. Or I was say, they moved with us several houses. <laughs> I don't know. I threw them in a trash bag. Oh, I'm sorry. Hold on. Uh, I, I burned them. Good. You yeah. took them down. You, you cut them up with a serrated knife. You know what I did? I fucking threw them on the wall. I pissed on them. Brought them out to the fire, fire pit. Fire pit. Fire pit. <laughs> fire pit. I, I burned them. All right. All right. All right. Burned the shit out of them. Good. They deserve it. Yep. Button flies. Blood, blood and flies. Button flies are are the worst. Like you, you just want to go to the bathroom or change into your sweatpants, and it takes eight minutes to undo those buttons. I don't, I don't like it. It's like too much the, work. the foreplay for urination. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Or like you know the the squirt of water in your ear. <laughs> it makes it extra satisfying when you finally pee when you were in button fly pants. I don't know. Yeah, I guess so. I don't know that I call it satisfying. You're doing it wrong. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> it worth those kegels, you know. Make that pee everything it can be. Build up and release, as they say. So water and, and hydrogen peroxide, so your ear was akin to like a sixth grade science volcano. Uh, essentially, yeah. Yeah. And I then she really it was funny. Me. She made me lay on my side, and she put a little scale model of Pompeii around my ear. For sure. Very strange, but... It was cool looking. And then you closed your eyes and you fucking... I don't know the words to that song. <laughs> you know, speaking of Pompeii by Bastille, I was at a COVID-free Bacchanal the other day. <laughs> they, were, they were pumping it. And oh, we were yeah. all out there in our, our plague masks and everybody was in red robes. And it just... It's fucking greasy, I'll tell you that. Doesn't sound like it was celebrating just COVID being gone. It sounds like you were at an orgy? Yeah, that's, that's what a bacchanal is. Yeah? yeah. Just, just wine wine and uh, high-quality cheeses everywhere and uh, and plague masks. Some eyes wide shut shit. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That was a movie I bought from uh, Walgreens, and if... Listeners aren't familiar with Walgreens. I bought it from a convenience store when I was 16, I believe. That was a choice you made. Yeah. You know why? Because I'm cultured. I don't think I've ever seen this wedge yet. Oh, I'm sorry. Do you still have the copy? Maybe you should watch uh, The West Wing. Maybe I will. Do I still have the copy of Eyes Wide Shut? No. Okay. No. (laughs) You got what you needed out of it. I guess so, yeah. I discovered recently when I was cleaning in my office my copy of Harold and Maude on DVD, which I stole from a Blockbuster, which is to say I took it out of Blockbuster and then they went out of business so I couldn't return it. And mm-hmm. that, thusly, it became mine. Sheelan, we are recording. It's fine. They're out of business. That's like the 2021 version of returning your library book late. I've done that. Those late fees are just, oh man, astounding. Do you ever do the thing where you hold on to your book for 11 months knowing that on month 12 they're going to do That's, the canned goods no. in favor of waiving the fine? No, I don't do that because uh, it's too thrilling for me. Hmm. I can't live life that close to the edge. I will not live life that close to the edge. 
fucking refuse. I just hold on to the book as long as possible. I let the law find me. I'm a rebel. If you never return the book, they just cancel your library card. <laughs> your social security. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Speaking of outlaws. Yeah. You know, this week we're returning for the at least the fourth time to everybody's favorite amphibian outlaws, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. The reptiles. Frogs are amphibian. They are turtles who are reptiles. Turtles are amphibian. No, they are not. So what's an amphibian? Amphibian lives in the water, mostly. So give me an example of an amphibian. A frog. Frogs and turtles are different animals, Ben. It's the difference between how a frog lives and how a turtle lives. Hold on, I'm Googling this. I don't want you two to get divorced over this. No, no, this actually, is, this I, is actually, science. Actually, I do. Ben, this is scientific banter. Amphibious. Let's see. They are not the amphibians, hmm. but, are, but reptiles. Yeah, suck it. Listeners, we want to hear from you uh, on Twitter at WatchBotsPod. Hashtag amphibians. Now, we've talked about the original cartoon previously. We've talked about the Out of Their Shells tour. We've talked about Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, The Next Mutation. But today, we're talking about Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the 2012 series. We sure are. Why are we talking about the, the, the 2012 series, Jalen? This is like rote response. I'm staring at you, like just begging you to, to get into it. I couldn't tell if you were begging me or warning me not to speak yet. I thought you had a punchline. Oh, don't you don't you fucking dare open your mouth. Do not step on my joke I'm about to tell. Just uh, the most pregnant pause ever. So I've been watching this series with our kiddo for a while. We've, you know, it's it's a long series. There's like 125 episodes. Mm-hmm. And we don't watch that much TV in our house. So it, it takes a while to get through series. When we came to this episode, I was really enamored with the way that they handled sort of doing updates and references and transitions between different things. And we'll, we'll get into it as we're watching. And so I kind of made a note that like we should watch this episode and talk about it. You know, related to our last episode where it was, you know babified and a stupid adaptation Mm -hmm. i found this let's not editorialize it was stupid this entire series while an update of something that is beloved that i really enjoyed as a kid i think is handled super well often i bring the shit cartoons to make fun of but this is an episode that i was like no this was done well and i want to talk about what a good job they did i a hundred percent agree with you which doesn't make for compelling content but I watched this and was enamored with it. That's a that's a good word, Shailen. I was like, "Oh my god, this is enjoyable!" Like, and it's not in an ironic way, which is the way I usually enjoy things. Like this, this was fun. This was fun. And my my uh, my youngest or my oldest rather has also started watching this show and loves it. So we've been talking a lot about Ninja Turtles in this house. So this was good timing. You want good content. I won't say that I didn't like this, but I have a lot of questions and I think uh, a lot of concerns. And not sexual, you sick fuck. So okay. I would not go out on a limb and call this perfect by any means. Mm-mm, but no. that, well, That's so, how we I, judge things here. It's perfect or it shouldn't exist. That is correct. <laughs> no, I have, I have my own set of questions. I have a couple questions from the five and a half year old that I... I and bring into the table for you guys to answer. Maybe tomorrow we can have a good talk on the way to preschool. So you can't wait. Okay. Except he's not going to preschool tomorrow. Get when your this fucking airs, schedule. It'll be tomorrow. 
What, like what? We're we're moving all over time and space just like the turtles. Hell yeah! So this is the fourth Ninja Turtle show. The original ran from 1987 to 1996. Ten seasons, 193 episodes, which astounds me. Where so many of the shows we talk about, it's like even the original Transformers, it's like four seasons and 50 episodes or something. There's not a lot to it. So 193 is just insane. Seminal, seminal cartoon. You had the live action movies. You had the next mutation, which was an abomination we've, we've talked through. One season of that. In 2003, there was another syndicated cartoon that went seven seasons, 156, dark gritty reboot, because of course it was. It was 2003. Then you had a bad CGI movie. And then the rights to the Ninja Turtles were purchased by Viacom, owners of such fine brands as Paramount, CBS, and Nickelodeon. And as part of that, as part of their brand strategy and like all those, you know, buzzwords that make my testicles shrink into my stomach, <laughs> um, they, commissioned, <laughs> they commissioned this Ninja Turtle series for boys along with a show called Winx Club for Girls. Winx Club, a show I've never heard of. It ran for eight years. So Winx Club. Winx. Winx Club. Is that like a spinoff of Ninja Turtles? No. Oh. No, okay. I don't think so. So they put together a creative team for this. The sort of visual design guy, I'm going to ruin this pronunciation, Ciro Nielli, he's a British guy, most famous for Super Robot Monkey Team Hyperforce Go. And then the head writers for this were J.R. Ventimiglia, who wrote one good episode of The Simpsons, the one where Bleeding Gums Murphy dies, mm. and one mm. real bad one where Homer joins the Navy. Partner, <laughs> it's back. Joshua, <laughs> Joshua Sternin, <laughs> who did that '70s show in Murphy Brown, so they were kind of a writing team. So a real natural pairing to go from Murphy Brown to the Ninja Turtles. They took the general idea and updated it somewhat, right? So you got you got all your, your players there, some less prominent than they usually are, but here, the Krang is a whole alien race. They had the mutagen. The turtles are CGI. They're kind of beat up and fucked up, which is kind of sad. It's sad. It's a little sad, but it's kind of cool. Like the way, like they explain it in over the course of the series. It's kind of cool. It's kind of cool. Yeah, it's kind of cool. Eventually, as we'll get into here, the, the story goes places. You know, the Ninja Turtles movies, fairly grounded in reality as far as uh, movies about walking, talking turtles go. The original cartoon, always a bunch of one-offs, kind of wacky. The story goes really strange places, but is it dark? Is it gritty? Who's to say? We'll find out here. They had the Nickelodeon bucks, the money train behind them. So they had voices like Jason Biggs for a while, which is weird. Leonardo just (laughs) fucked a pie. For two, <laughs> two minutes once, and then just kind of disappeared off the face of the earth. Splinter was voiced by Eugene Levy. <laughs> you know, speaking of Jason Biggs, he showed up on an episode of The Bachelorette for no apparent reason. Yeah, he just popped in, but not hi. even as a contestant. He just came in and he fought to pie. And he laughed. <laughs> He's just so old. It's not true. They also brought in Seth Green. Sean Astin, Mae Whitman, Phil Lamar, Rob Paulson. I don't want to get into Shailen's bit here, but they had some some real actors they brought in for this show. Watching this show, just watching it with our kid, like every single episode when you hear like a new bad guy, it's like, oh, they brought back the original dude. And like you can you can hear it. And then the folks where they, they brought in like someone else to do like an updated version the casting on the voices is really excellent. So you don't get to see it in this particular episode. 
but there's Krang subprime who you do get who's Gilbert Gottfried. But then there's Prime Krang, who is the super duper uber villain, which is Roseanne Barr. Really? And, and it's like, it's really <laughs> funny the way that they kind of like roll it out. And then you have just such a delightful set of good guys too. It's just, it's so well cast. I'm really pleased with it. Also in this episode, we get to hear from my favorite, Pat Freely. So I was oh, shit. delighted. You are... You are fawning over this cartoon. I don't think I've heard you fawn over a cartoon like this for a very long time. It's unfortunate because it's not very good, but that's fine. <laughs> Anytime you can get Rob Paulson playing off Rob Paulson, it's a good day. I know. It's a dream. I found this fun. I don't know what... I mean, like, sure, logically, it makes no sense, but I thought it was, uh, I thought it was a fun little romp. My problems have nothing to do with logic, but we'll get into it. So this show, you know, a toy line as cartoons go these days big success five seasons led to yet another cartoon rise of the teenage mutant ninja turtles which only ran a couple of seasons there were the newer i'm saying like megan fox movies for lack of a better term to describe them Mm -hmm. but when you put all these episodes together it's something like 400 episodes of ninja turtles television which is just crazy right like a lot how many stories are there to tell i mean not that many to be sure (laughs) (laughs) many retellings over the years you're telling me sister so the episode we're talking about here it's called transdimensional turtles and the hook to this is that it brings in your beloved original cartoon characters and again nickelodeon bucks they went all out they brought in the original voice cast and we'll play some clips a bit later i think the kind of hook of it works right Mm -hmm. because it's the turtles you remember the voices you remember they're not like march simpson where you heard them and you wanted to like jump off a cliff because like leonardo sounded like he was 75 or anything like that (laughs) so um so good stuff aired in the middle of season four here the writer was brandon allman i'm gonna call him brandon oh man so he came on midway through the run of this show and was an executive producer. He was also an executive producer on Star Wars Resistance, one of the more recent Disney cartoons. I got like Star Wars, Clone Wars, and Resistance vibes from this animation and writing style. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Did you guys sure. get that too? Yeah, I yeah. could see that. Yeah. I mean, they were CGI wacky characters, so yeah. Yeah. I don't know, like, and like the, like the physical comedy of it too. Yeah, to a degree, I can see that. Clone Wars was a heady, serious show. Physical <laughs> comedy, my ass. It was a deep meditation on the issues of duty and service. The, na- the, the, the nature of war. And also uh, duty. Like, duty. Where did they go potty? Um, so this one aired, you know, nice and recent. Maybe the newest cartoon we've, we've talked about. I think it might be. Yeah. March 27th, 2016. A better time in the world, but... What were you guys doing back then? I wish I knew. What was I I doing? What was going on? What was I doing in 2016? (laughs) I don't know. Probably nothing too dissimilar to this, except not talking about it into a microphone. Probably celebrating my birthday. Mm -hmm. That's fair. Yeah. It's a self-doxing. There's a lot of of Dave's born in March. (laughs) True enough. (laughs) I wonder what else was going on back then. Great question. What were we seeing? It's contextual feeling. It's tough to go back five and a half years and think like, what did the world look like then? 
And there's only two ways to look at it. And the first is what was in the box office. Number one movie. This was the opening weekend for Batman versus Superman Dawn of Justice. Do you remember the days when Batman versus Superman Dawn of Justice was, was like the story? Fast forward eight months, the world is a different place. But in March of 2016, <laughs> things were light, things were airy, and we just had to worry about how fucking bad that movie was. Martha! Yeah. <laughs> a, a movie I, I went to go see on opening day, not out of any great desire to see it, but more like, I think I just had taken the day off and just, fuck it, I'll go see Batman. And then I sat there and I left like two hours and 55 minutes later and said, well, that was a waste of a day off. Just not, <laughs> not a fun movie by any any stretch. Have you seen the Snyder Cut of the of Justice League yet? Oh, boy. <laughs> I'm so happy you asked. I tried. Mm-hmm. Turned it on one night. I'm sure, I was drunk. Turned on HBO Max. We're, weren't that drunk. I was there. Through. How far did you make it? About seven minutes. Less than 10 minutes. They, oh, oh, boy. So I'll set it up. It's the part where, where Bruce goes to like provoke Aquaman, and he's like, I'm rich. I'm looking for warriors. Yeah, and then like the the white stripes song is playing. In the yeah, yeah, yeah. And then and then Aquaman is that still ju- there? By the way, uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure Th- that's on. Jesus Christ! Aquaman jumps into the sea, and then the villagers come down behind him. Like so, they go onto the shore, and they just start singing like a hymn. And I went, yeah, I don't think I need to watch this anymore. And <laughs> just clicked away, and have never felt the desire to go back. Was it like serious? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, they were treating him like a god. It was real uncomfortable. It was like second and third hand embarrassment, but for like a fictional movie. <laughs> yeah, like as far as I can tell from the two and a half percent of the Snyder Cut I watched, he leaned real heavy into the, oh, these people are all gods. <laughs> mm. like, cool. Yeah. So. He leaned really heavy into, oh, this is going to be shitty. Let's draw it out for now, a long Now, would time. I be interested in watching like the ultimate three and a half hour cut of Batman versus Superman? Yes. More so, yeah. Have I been interested for over a decade in watching the three and a half hour ultimate cut of Watchmen, despite how fucking much I hated that movie? Yes. That's not the point. <laughs> it's a bad movie. It's a bad movie. Number two movie here. Zootopia. Okay. Okay. That's, Zootopia a, that's a solid one. Zootopia is the movie that made me forgive Jason Bateman for what he did in Juno. <laughs> <laughs> like the actor or the, the character he played? So I follow a strict set of beliefs uh. that any character is a continuation of the actor's previous character. It's a linear model. That person is a single person who goes through many different versions of their own life. And so what Jason Bateman did in Juno to Jennifer Garner was unforgivable, but in Zootopia, he made up for it. He just wanted a chicken sandwich and some waffle fries. <laughs> Is this why Christian Bale movies drive you insane, Shailen? Because of the, the range of characters he plays? They don't make me insane. Okay. That's, that's the wrong word. What, what is the right word? Excited. I love oh, oh, Christ. <laughs> what the fuck? You know, Zootopia. I was going to. I was going to joke. Turned on, but uh, gross. I was trying to think of a way to do it, but it didn't come through right. Yeah, it certainly <laughs> did not. Zootopia, like all sorts are wrong. One of the last <laughs> Disney-ish movies that felt like a landmark, and maybe it's just a sign of the times we're in. There's another Pixar movie coming out, and I think it's coming out this or next week. I just had no concept the, of it uh, this week. And then the reviews came out, and it's like 
seven out of ten. <laughs> what a sad state of affairs for Pixar. I didn't see their last one. Was that the was that was Soul, and then there was like the Wizard movie. I saw the Wizard movie twice, and both times I just sobbed unrelentingly. It was terrible. Mm-hmm. It was sad. That's a sad movie. Anyway, I mean Pixar. Soul is also sad, but it's really heady. It's like my wife and I watched it. Like it's not for kids, uh, right? It's not like it's not like a Toy Story or um, Up, right? Up had like that awful opening, oh, but God. like after you get past that, it's fun for kids. Like Soul was just like this guy dies and he's trying to get back to his body. There's nothing really. I wouldn't call it. It's it's not kid friendly. It's an adult themed cartoon, like Felix the Cat or Heavy Metal. Yeah, or um, any anything by Ralph Bakshi. Yeah, McDonald's yeah. did a tie-in for their Happy Meals, so they believe that it's kid-friendly. And as long as the corporation McDonald's believes in it, I'm just kidding. It's cute. There's some funny jokes, but like it's it's all like <laughs> just thoughts on life and death, which is you could make that a topic where kids can understand it. But this they they didn't really succeed at that. Hmm. Hmm. 2016, also the year of the weird board game. Go on. A couple of the top board games that year, just memorable. The one Pie Face, uh, where you had to like turn the oh, wheel, yeah. and if you, you you had to like put your face in the wheel and get smashed with whipped cream or sour cream or mayonnaise or like whatever, oh, God. whatever you can put on the little little tray there. Mayonnaise deserves a trigger warning. It's fucking gross. Hashtag mayonnaise does not deserve a trigger warning. There was a similar game. It was a Silence of the Lambs tie-in. Um, it was called Migs. <laughs> a lot of fun. Is that is that the condition of a win or a loss? <laughs> Depends on your uh, perspective, I yeah, guess. That's right. Yeah. Was also the year that Speak Out came out. I don't know. I don't have anywhere to go. Speak Out the game where like you put the you put like the speculum in your mouth. Oh, that game. And then like you're like oh. oh. You know, yeah. Games that don't age well. It's true, but still sell. Like you go to Target, you see all of these games now. Yeah. Oh, that's so gross. For what it's worth, Target also has a Fast and the Furious board game now. It Which looks somehow awesome. we still don't have. I think it's brand new. Okay. To to coincide with Fast Nine. Yeah. With with that coming to the theaters, there's been some Fast and Furious movie franchise news coming out. They're filming the sequels back to back. Got to make up for lost time. Yep, there might be an all-female or uh, mostly female cast uh, movie. Sure. We don't need that. The Ocean's 8. <laughs> yeah, the Ocean's 8. <laughs> the, the movie was really bad. The Ghostbusters answered the call. Yeah, yeah. But uh, also uh, John Cena, his character, and The Rock's character might be getting together for a spinoff movie as well. Absolutely love it. Yeah. Man, greatest so they, movie they, franchise they we've ever had better than the mcu like just bangers one after another better than james bond better than anything we went from i maintain that we're gonna do some petty theft on some dvds or dvd players yeah i think it was it might have even been cd players honestly and that has now escalated to international crime exploits possibly in space Related to Potentially, space? potential space, yeah. The Rock holding a helicopter on a chain with his bare fucking hands. The, to be fair, that was a spinoff, but... Still counts, still counts. You know, I like during the summer to... We're getting far afield here. Uh, to watch uh, just summer blockbuster movies. I may just want to watch all those Fast and the Furious movies again. They're great. They're I all, have no problem. I, some that. of them are bad, but like anything, you take the good with the bad. It's the facts of life. I need to watch them. We watched the one where they're in Brazil... 
a couple summers ago and I was like, I can get into this, but my wife was, was not into it. So I'm, I'm just like, when do I want, when do I watch these? I don't, I don't know when to, when I can set yourself aside, CDs. like just 30 straight hours and you're, you're good to go. <laughs> Taking two days off. <laughs> That's to, right. It's Dave's weekend. This is me time, baby. So yeah. let's get into the show here. Getting into the show out of context is really weird. <laughs> the, in, in a minute, the show will set us up with what's going on, but you know, my Ninja Turtles, they live in the sewer, they're in the city, they're fucking skateboarding around. Here you start off on a spaceship, mm-hmm. <laughs> just a very sterile spaceship, and you've got hip, young April O'Neil, who's not a reporter in this version. No, she is half Krang. Her What? <laughs> so she has psychic abilities, and her mom was actually <laughs> an on. alien that her dad reproduced with. Oh, what? Her he dad's a know. scientist? Her dad was a scientist turned into a mutanimal. So hold on, hold on. Let's let's take a step back. So her dad is a dude. Her dad is a scientist. And her mom is a brain alien. But did, the, so did he fuck the brain alien? He Or it, was she in a different form? She was in a different you know? form. Oh, oh sorry. <laughs> yes, which of the brain folds was is your favorite? <laughs> <laughs> the the top one, of course. It's the deepest. <laughs> The, the one. The first fold is the deep. Oh, oh boy. Gross. <laughs> Gross. Hashtag um, baby, you know. So in the first season of this show, it's established that her, her, so her mom is gone. She doesn't know where she is. Her dad is a scientist who gets taken away and there's a mutation involved. And so the turtles bring her back and Splinter trains her or starts training her to be a female ninja. And it's like a big deal. And then they find out later when the Krang set a trap that are because the, all of the Krang clones look like her, they're like, oh shit, she's actually half Krang. And she's like weird about it and they're weird about it and then they don't care anymore. Cool. So they're on a spaceship and it's Michelangelo and it's April and it's somebody else who never appears in the episode Casey again. Casey Jones. That's Casey Jones? Yeah. Oh man, that's no Elias Coteus. Anyway. Um, it's the voice of Josh from Drake and Josh. Or Drake. Did he turn out to be an asshole? Uh, I think they hate each other. Okay. I don't remember which one's the asshole. I think they're fine outside of the their their relationship. Okay. I think they're just, okay. yeah. I don't know. So anyway. Why do I know this shit? Why not? TMZ, man. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think it's, I've ever seen an episode of TMZ. blood-sucking <laughs> leeches. <laughs> anyway, they're all sleeping on a bench. Hmm. Oh! And then Michelangelo's awake, and he, he leaves the room, and then he's just in this big-ass, like, Star Trek bridge room where there's a robot mm-hmm. who I think is, they call him the Professor? Yes. It's got a very, you know, lost in space, Will Robinson kind of feel to it. It's it, you know, The robot does. I, I'm forgetting the robot's name, but it, it's it's sort of like, just kind of like, hapless and very persnickety i think <laughs> yeah it's kind of like the robot from hitchhiker's guide to the galaxy as well which the name yeah completely lost on me today he's like something no it ends in oid the fugitoid of course it's david Tennant. ah yes so the the character the fugitoid all right listen i'm just gonna say the, the, set the scene we don't need to recap the entire the intro is gonna tell you okay. i'm not gonna get involved well thank god so they go, and Michelangelo's like, I'm sleepy, dude. And then they get into some weird science. No time to rest now, Mikey. There's one last piece of the black hole generator left, and we gotta find it. Can't we just destroy the pieces we already have? I mean, what are the Triceratons gonna do with one stupid piece? 
Well, what if they figure out a way to replicate the technology, Raph? Donatello is right. The machine must be destroyed. Science will, will get the kids. And I was like, where's Splinter? What is like what is happening? And fortunately, they explain it in a minute here. So all of a sudden, this pink hole opens. And it looks like the pink slime from Ghostbusters 2 that makes everybody angry. And then the turtles fall through it, and they're gone. <laughs> and the Fugitoid just goes, well, that's not good. And then we never see the spaceship or any of that ever again. The turtles fall through a world that it's supposed to look hand-drawn. This is one minor criticism. Like, it's supposed to look like the 80s cartoon. It's very clearly, like, drawn on a computer. And mm-hmm. so you lose a little yeah. bit of it. But Yeah, it's a little uh, flash animation yeah, yeah, yeah. kind of deal. Yeah. yeah. And they notice, oh, man, we're in 2D. And then you get into it. So this is the opening. I didn't grab all of it because the whole thing is legitimately, like, two minutes long. But here's what we got. The evil Triceratons have invaded Earth. They brought with them the invincible black hole generator that swallowed the entire planet. My brothers and I escaped, saved by a mysterious robot called the Fugitoid. Now we're trying to stop the Triceratons any way we can. I'm assuming that the first three seasons of this show were kind of akin to Ninja Turtle stories you could know and characters you know, but that this story about like alien triceratops is so crazy that they literally need to interrupt the introduction and the song to tell you what the fuck is happening. (laughs) Yeah. So it's like Krang, the foot, and Shredder Mm -hmm. in the first three seasons. And then... In a single episode, Shredder kills Splinter. Mm-hmm. Spoiler. Ooh. In front of Leonardo, which is really fucked up. And then the Krang are taking over the entire planet. And then the Triceratons, in an attempt to protect the universe from the Krang, just kill all of Earth. The whole mm-hmm. thing. Everyone. Everyone's dead. So how did the turtles get off? The, the Earth. Very the, carefully. The Fugitoid ca- catches them into oh, the see. spaceship, okay. and then they, as the, the Ninja Turtles, along with April and Casey Jones, have to find all of the pieces of the machine that the Triceratons used to kill Earth and, ki- and break them before the Triceratons get it, because the Fugitoid can rewind Earth exactly six months, exactly one time. Okay. So I remember the Triceratons from the original cartoon. I also had the toy that came along with it, and it was a good action figure. I don't remember them being an entire race. Yeah. Does this storyline exist in the comic books? Is is this completely original? I believe that it gets touched upon in the comic book, but I'm going to be honest. I might have made that up at 4.30 in the morning when I was like, but why were the dinosaurs aliens? Uh, <laughs> oh, no, man. I do a lot of like confused middle of the night. Did I read about that or did I make it up in my sleep stuff? So I don't know. Mm-hmm. And I didn't look it up for this because I didn't expect the question. It's great. Okay. So don't fucking ask. So we come back here and they're in the, the flat world and they call We're the world 2D. flat. And, I was like, man, those fucking QAnon people. 
people of that ilk must be thrilled with this <laughs> acknowledgement here. And then all of a sudden, you see some white eyes come up and bandanas, and you hear a little familiar music. And it's, you know, some of the incidental music from the old cartoon, mostly kind of sort of. It's like the production music equivalent to it. It's a nice touch. The original turtles come out, or again, close enough. Like they don't look exactly right, but it's, it's their eyes. Yeah, it, it's it's a little bit off. This is one of these shows where there because there are different versions of characters. There's not a good way to talk through this, right? It's like old Donatello and new Donatello, or I don't know. Um, I was calling them out. like eighty-seven Donatello. Well, that's really less efficient than new and old. <laughs> eighty-seven and twelve. Or you could go with using the nicknames from the new cartoon too. Yeah, I don't which know I did what those notes. are. So we're we're gonna roll through it here. They immediately start fighting, and there's there's a lot of fighting, so we can we can kind of breeze through that. But you get a lot of a lot of these noises. <laughs> a lot of hues and whas and and the Michelangelo's meet. Totally radical. You're just, just like, like me, dude. dude. <laughs> So another question about the show, Shannon. Mm-hmm. Has Kawabunga been replaced by Booyaka Shah? Yes. Is new Michelangelo famed professional wrestler, luchador, Rey Mysterio Jr.? No. <laughs> okay. What was wrong with Kawabunga? Yeah, why, why bother <laughs> replacing that amazing catchphrase? I have been meditating on this for months. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I think it's really just to irritate people of our generation when our children watch the new show. I really think that's what it is because now when our kid runs around and he's playing Ninja Turtles and he yells Booyakasha and I'm like, should just be fucking Kawabunga. Like why? Absolutely. Why? Yeah. I think they were like, we're going to put a fresh spin on it with a different nonsense word and it's going to make a lot of people angry. But I think like Kawabunga was an 80s term, like a surfer term, and Michelangelo and the other Ninja Turtles probably heard it there, and, like, that's where he picked up Cowabunga. Yeah. But, but like... It It came from Reagan. Reagan was the one who coined it. (laughs) The Reagan-era surfer terms. So, Ben, your Rey Mysterio example is is a good one. Like, does this show presuppose that this new Mikey is a big fan of Rey Mysterio and stole his Buyakasha? I think, honestly, that that would not be totally out of... That's Booyaka. Sha. That's 619. Booyaka, Booyaka. 619. Ray Mysterio. Now... Please, Dave, no. They they stop... <laughs> hashtag, no. Please, Dave, no. <laughs> um, so Donatello... Original Donatello is holding like a, a gun, and they're like, hey, what the fuck are we doing here? And he, he tries to explain it. Well, how do we know you're not a Krang? That's why we brought you here. Krang, he's causing trouble in our dimension and yours too. Krang's like trying to destroy both our realities, dudes. We just don't know how. You gotta believe us. That's why we called on you posers, I mean turtles, for help. Yeah, so Krang is doing something. It, it crystallizes a little later. Like, we'll, we'll, just, we'll just leave it with that little kiss. But then... A little joke for Shailen. A little reference for Shailen. You want to you set this one up? So as our listeners know, as you both know, Rob Paulson, close to my heart, voice of so many things. He's two turtles. He's a new turtle and an old turtle. And we get a great joke about it. Which of which is he? So he's original Raphael mm-hmm. and new mm-hmm. Donatello. 
who has a little chip out of his teeth. All right, listeners, I'm going to give you a warning. If you have a seatbelt on your chair, strap the fuck in because it's going to get real. You're going to get excited like Shailen does with Christian Bale movies. We're not responsible for any concussions or blast injuries as a result of this clip. Let's do it. I think I'm going to like putting some more cracks in this imposter shell. (laughs) And you, Gappy, why do you sound so weird? Me sound weird? Heard yourself lately? Hey, 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 hey. (laughs) You know, hearing that just in audio, it's like, that's the same voice. Like, come on. (laughs) They're fucking, these voice actors just do different voices. So. Christ. (laughs) I hate this. (laughs) When I watched this episode the first time, it was one of those things where our kid didn't notice. He was like, oh, they sound kind of similar. And I knew who the guy was behind both of them. So I thought it was very funny. And I thought it was a clever nod to be like, okay, we're going to address this thing and move on really fast. It's like 10 seconds and it's over. Instead of like dwelling on it, I feel like they could have really made it awful by dwelling on it. And I liked I liked how quick it was. It was so subtle that I didn't notice it either. <laughs> so, so on one side, you have the original Ninja Turtles or the original cartoon Ninja Turtles. And they look cool. And they look so cool that the new Ninja Turtles in 2D form look incredibly dumb. And then yes. new Raphael s- starts pointing out like, oh, you guys don't fight with your weapons and you got letters on you and it's lame and your portal science doesn't make any sense. And I was like, why are the new turtles such assholes? Like They just seem so <laughs> shitty, you know? <laughs> you know, like when a teenager just picks on their parents and like the way they dress or, or, you know, Gen Z says that side parts aren't a thing anymore and it makes me upset, right? Like it's, you know, it's just the younger kids making fun of the older kids. Like, why, why are you doing it this way? That's not hip. That's not... That's not cool. So I agree that it's like kind of silly, but at the same time, my car rides for the last several months with our child are him going, in the Ninja Turtles you watched, how come this happened? But in the one that I watch, it's better because this happens. And that was before we saw this episode. So I feel like the writers really honed in on their audience well here. Maybe so. I mean, but this is, I mean, and again, this is my perspective and it's a nostalgia perspective. This is really my fundamental issue here is the conceit of this issue is really to call back to an older generation. Like, hey, come back, check out Ninja Turtles, right? And you know they did it because they premiered this at like a fucking Comic-Con before it aired and all that shit. But they spend the whole episode and sometimes it's funny and sometimes it's not. We'll get into some examples like just shitting on the original concept. Raphael's like, your fights suck and the things you do suck and nothing made any sense. And it's like, wow, you're you're really leaning heavy into that and basically just saying that the original show sucked shit, which to an extent it did. But when I looked at the original Turtles versus the new ones, I was like, the new ones are just so fucking unlikable and, and bad. Yeah, yeah. There's That's like a, a bit of like, I can see where you're coming from, Ben. I, I didn't get as much of that, but like, some of the problems I had was like, like this, the clip you just played, it was fine. It's like, yeah, like why they never fight with their weapons. That's, that's, you know, that's a cute little nod. Right. But then it gets, it keeps going. And like at, at some points it's like, all right, well, we're, now we're not remembering this show fondly. We're actually kind of, you know, it. yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah. And you're like, you know what I mean? The whole conceit of the show is leaning on that original stuff and they work together, but like, so okay. bite in the hand that feeds. Exactly. So 80s Crank shows up, and uh, actually, I'll, I'll do a quick 80s Crank clip because it's, it's always good. So, you've allied yourselves with your dimensional counterparts, eh? 
and he, here's a part that I enjoyed. And, you know, old, old Leonardo's like, turtle power. And they go and they do the fight. We've talked about Ninja Turtles fights in the past. Like, the original animation was so shitty. So, like, Leonardo just, like, kind of moves and punches and dances a little. And Raphael uses a fire hydrant instead of, like, their swords and knives. And, yeah. and Nuraf's like, that's dumb. What are you doing? And I, and I laughed because, like, that's a funny callback. But then new Raph is like, none of the science made sense for like the third time in a minute. And it's just like, I get it. You're calling out that the old show had a lot of ridiculous, preposterous stuff, but I'm going to take a gander that this exact storyline that they're talking about and the stuff that they do in the new show also probably doesn't make sense. So like, what what are we doing here? I interpreted that differently. I thought him saying that their science didn't make sense was to make fun of the fact that right now these are mutant ninja turtles who have crossed dimensions after time traveling and now they're floating in space. I thought it was like, I thought it was self-referential to be like, the science doesn't make sense. And it's like, your your fucking science is bananas, you weirdo. Yeah, I thought it was a little, I, I thought it was like a meta joke, right? Maybe. I don't yeah. know. I just read it as a, a slap in the fucking shell. Maybe you're just, I don't know, not not a smart person then. You're not getting it. No, I think I am a smart person, but... No. And that's why it, it's it's so weird. I think... You know, Shailen and I disagree. I No, I'm not... To, I'm agreeing <laughs> that Ben is a smart person. Agreeing. Fucking A, right? Uh-huh. I think that he interpreted the joke like a person who is very attached to to the nostalgic old Ninja Turtles instead of realizing that Raph is making fun of the entire universe. I'm like a barnacle on their shell. It's true. Even though they're freshwater. That's what amphibians do. So not amphibians. 80s Krang is trying to destroy the universes with bombs and portals. Universe-destroying bombs. (laughs) Any universe, any dimension that has turtles in it, he's trying to destroy. With a pink portal bomb. Correct. And he always attaches it to the Channel 6 building. That That's just what he does. So he leaves, and then Donatello's like, I can tune to his frequency, and the, and they go. And then now they're in the new Turtles dimension. So the, the new Turtles look, you know, normal and CGI and, and beat up and sad. And the old Turtles go through, and now they're also in 3D. And it's it's just so weird. They like, look like the episode of The Simpsons when yes, Homer goes absolutely. into Tron. Yes, very much so. Yep. And their eyes are weird, right? Because I think one of the hallmarks of that cartoon, the original cartoon, is like they just really expressive faces. Like they're always smiling, big teeth, and they have these big fucking eyes. So in the 3D space, they just look perpetually shocked and yeah. dead-eyed. You know, <laughs> I mean, like like they had they had died three hours ago and had like rigor mortis or something. Well, because they have so, no eyebrows. Yeah, you can't lift your eyebrows and lower your eyebrows if your eyeballs yeah. are per- sticking out of your face. Michelangelo said something here that I particularly enjoyed. Dudes, look at us. We're like more solid or something. Swole as fuck, you know. <laughs> Been lifting heavy. Getting ready. Immediately, you know, we know the original cartoon. Uh, they loved pizza. The new turtles, maybe not so into that. I can track him like Michelangelo sniffing out pizza. Oh, he's talking about you. <laughs> do the new turtles not do pizza? No, they do pizza. The new turtles are telling the old turtles, it like to after get this. Fucked, yeah. After this part of the conversation that they can't just like walk into the pizza parlor to get the pizza. But the the joke here is that new Mikey yeah. is dumb as rocks. 
Like that's the hook for his character in the oh, new. Okay. It's not like oh, he's not right. a party animal. He's stupid. Like at one point there's a <laughs> there's an episode where like <laughs> they go inside his brain and his imagination. That's part of the plot line. Mm-hmm. And at one point someone says like I know your thoughts and he looks at them and he's like, "Oh, can you tell me what they are? I've always been interested." He's just hmm. not a smart guy. Okay. And so that's that's what the joke is. It's not that they don't do pizza. It's that when they refer to Michelangelo can sniff out pizza, okay. new Mikey is like, oh, not me. Because I was going to say, change a few things about the story. You know, add, add a little grit, a little sandpaper to it. But I will be god damned if the Ninja Turtles don't eat pizza. They learn about pizza in the pilot episode of this series, which I have watched numerous times, and they love yes. it. Okay. Yeah, I, I watched that a couple weeks ago with my, my daughter, and I was like, when are they going to get the pizza? They stay in the shadows. They find the, the pizza. It's it's a marvelous scene. Yeah, you're, you're, it's okay, Ben. They've kept that sacred cow. That's a plus. So now we're in um, you know 2016 New York, 3D New York, and they're looking for the Krang. And immediately they look up to the Channel 6 Tower, and they see him up there. He's in the big android body. And they don't do it with technology or anything. Leonardo pulls out a fucking spyglass. <laughs> and I was like, didn't they have like anything else that they could have used? A fucking spyglass. Like, where would he even have kept that? <laughs> he just had it. It's in his utility shell. Didn't you have that toy? Yeah. Old Leonardo makes a plan. And he's like, turtle power. We're going to go fuck that guy up. But new Leonardo doesn't like it. Okay, guys, here's the plan. The Donatellas will disarm the weapon. Everyone else, take down that creep. Turtle power! Whoa, whoa, whoa. Hold up with the turtle power for a second. You don't give orders to my team, okay? I'm the order guy. This guy. Who? What was that noise at the end? Somebody choking on pizza. Yeah. To continue my point here, like I think this episode may not be the best representation of what these new turtles are sort of all about. I think they did an okay job representing what that 80s series was, mm-hmm. right? Like clearly written by people who had, they knew or the by, by O-Man who clearly like knew that show. But the new turtles like disliked them so intensely. Like and here Leonardo just comes off like a complete asshole. He's like, I'm the fucking plan guy. I don't like turtle power. Like they just come off very serious. Yeah. I wonder if that was like the actor's delivery that kind of ruined that joke mm-hmm. or that, that moment. Otherwise, it would have been like, no, I'm the plan guy. And like, he could have been like, he's a not little... whiny, he's just mad. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, in the new series, Leonardo tends to be like kind of insecure about his leadership. And they, they address it very mm-hmm. directly with Splinter, too. Out of context, I can kind of see what, why you think that. When I watch this, <laughs> I feel like your opinions on what I'm saying here are just below. <laughs> in, your, in your context, I can totally see your truth. But no. Well, no, when but I heard that joke, it, it, is it so seemed like... different than your reality? <laughs> to me, it just seemed like kind of like a, if you're the leader, then what does that make me? I'm the leader. No, you can't be the leader if I'm the leader. Can I like, okay, so it's a, little, it's a little bit of a character thing. Yeah, okay. that's how I took it. Can I ask? Yeah. Uh, I have two questions here. Please. So this new show, a little more serious subject matter. How do they tackle the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles going through puberty? They are already through puberty, I think. Okay, so voices have cracked and, it's already and they've, done. they've become men. Yeah. Uh, my second question, and I'll, I'll open this to the, the whole panel here. Which of the turtles do you think had the biggest hog? <laughs> the turtles have hogs? Yeah. Or are they like ducks? I, I mean, it might be the cloaca, I'm not sure. Hold on. I just I'm, I'm assuming they're humanoids, so they have human-ish dongs. Mm-hmm. Dave, what's your, uh, what's your guess? 
Uh, I, w- I would say Raphael. I agree. And also Cloaca. Yeah, it is a Cloaca. <laughs> so you think Raphael as well, Shailen? Yeah. You think that's why sure. he's so cranky because yeah. he's like, he's just dragging that thing. Leonardo's got those, um, those leadership uh, insecurities. Mm-hmm. You know, Donatello has some confidence and Michelangelo is just whatever. But like, I think Raphael's like that strong, silent type. But, you know, he's just exuding that big dick energy. That's fair. I assume for all of them that like the mutagen is sort of akin to like anabolic steroids and they have no, it just shrunk up no balls. They have. So like, yeah, <laughs> just like a, like a chemical castration, no That's balls, but all shaft. Yeah. 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 All shell yeah. and smooth. Mm-hmm. The smoothest of shafts. The, the Leonardo thing here though, then you don't like the, you didn't like the new Leonardo. It reminded me of how much I didn't like the old Leonardo. <laughs> I just, I don't like what oh, I forget. What's the voice actor's name? Shailen. Cam? Cam Clark. Yeah. I don't like his interpretation of Leonardo. The voice just sounds like this. He's not, and he's a very secure leader, but he's just the way his delivery is. It sounds whiny, but it's not. Oh, oh it grinds my gears. Also, I was wondering when uh, at some point the uh, Denver and the last dinosaur crew was going to come and, and join the fray because it's clearly, it's they're clearly people, the yeah. human versions of, of the <laughs> turtles. I would watch that show. Would you? I would too. What a, what a Mutant mashup. Turtles meet Denver the Last Dinosaur. I haven't seen a mashup like that since the Jay-Z Linkin Park album. You know the one. Since the Jetsons met the Flintstones. Oh, man. Since uh, Fred Durst rapped with Method Man. <laughs> Fine times were had by all. <laughs> so they go up to the roof and, and Krang's there and he's gonna... Unleash my master's rogue! And he pulls out the android hog. And he Ugh. just starts going to town. It's it's weird. It's gross, Ben. Doesn't make sense. That was gross. And, and you know, speaking of android hogs, yeah, this version of Krang has a weapon I had never seen before, and it's thematically similar. It's a clunky way to get here, but mouth missile. And there's this <laughs> his mouth distends, and this big missile comes out of his mouth, and he just blasts at the turtles. That's it's true. it's weird. He's Pretty sure that's android. what Peter North calls his scene. <laughs> Where is Shredder in these universes? He doesn't show up anywhere, and Shredder is the iconic villain. So Shredder is around in this series. Like mm-hmm. he's he. All right. Oh boy, let's shake it out here. So Shredder is. <laughs> you, listeners won't see this, but uh, Shailen literally did shake it out for a fact. It was not you necessary. No, I, I can't see either. But did you stick your arms out to the side and kind of shake your hands like Hell they yeah. had water on them? That is exactly what I did. Or did you tuck your arms in and kind of shake your shoulders? No, it was my hands. I was shaking, okay. I was shaking, okay. shaking them out. Okay. She did like the the boss nas, like. <laughs> <laughs> so Splinter in this version of Ninja Turtles was a man who had a wife and a daughter. Oh, what? <laughs> No. And he was carrying home four baby turtles in a fishbowl to bring to his daughter when the mutagen got him. And he morphed into a mutanimal So he was a human rat? Yeah. That's why he's so tall. What happened to his wife and daughter? His wife got killed and Shredder told the daughter that she was his daughter. (laughs) And that's actually the story arc for the first two seasons. And then she becomes an ally in season five. That shouldn't be. That is Splinter's... Origin is like Splinter in the cartoon was a was a human that turned into a like they like mixed with a rat because of the goo. No, that's no. not true. He was always he was a rat. always a rat. I don't think so. They have I a am story where he's 
Or am I mixing that up with a live action movie? You are mixing it up with the live action, sir. The cartoon, okay. he was absolutely a little cartoon rat. Because I remember the squeaky noise. Hmm. At least that's the way it was in the comics. So what happened to Shredder? I wasn't asking about Splinter's origin. So Shredder is the bad guy up until the Krang takeover. And then when the Krang takeover, Shredder kills Splinter. And then the Triceratons kill everyone. Hmm. So he's waiting, he's like in the six-month time loop waiting for the turtles to turn Earth back to normal right now. Mm. Classic. So anyway, it's a big fight. There's a lot of like Looney Tune sound effects for some reason. Yep. They certainly did not have those in original Ninja Turtles. Nope. They're just insane. Like, whoa. So Krang escapes again. Now they're still in the new Turtles New York and they go to the lair. And the lair, very clean, a lot of brick, very classy. But they walk in, and who do they see? Splinter. The man rat. Sensei. Is everything all right? Definitely, Master Splinter. It's it's just really amazing to see you. <laughs> and again, like going into this with no context, I, was, I, I had assumed that he was dead. Just kind of based on the way things were leading up to it. But it was just like, oh my god. What a reunion. And then the old turtles come in, and they're being very wacky. You know, they're doing like handstand skateboard things and like it's being wacky. Playing arcade games. Living the dream, really. It's mm-hmm. true. Looking Living for, Lodge. Looking for pizza. But then the Donatellos are going to go do something with the Dimensionizer. Some they're going to diffuse it. Science. The bomb. Yeah. They're going to diffuse the bomb. They're going to diffuse the bomb that they got. And then Splinter's like, Leonardo, let's go talk in the dojo. Leonardo, why are you so sad? I'm not sad, Sensei. It's it's hard to explain. There's <laughs> so there this was... is upsetting. <laughs> yes, it is. Leonardo is clearly you know he's got some mental distress going on, and he's traumatized. He sees he sees Splinter, and then all of a sudden you see Shredder come up from behind and just murder murder the rat. <laughs> Because that's he's reliving that moment. Yeah. So he has mourned the death of his mentor. And that's like, that's like a big part of season four is like Leonardo's been spending a lot of time meditating and like in the whatever the room is where they have like the projector where you live fake reality, like the virtual reality room. On oh, the of spaceship. course. <laughs> but uh, we all knew that that was there. Naturally. Yes. Yeah. It's it's. It's kind of interesting the way that mental health gets approached. The difference between like mm-hmm. 80s Ninja Turtles where it's like, oh, we have to protect him because we like him. And then in the 2012 version where it's like, you know, we really have to process the loss and we have to acknowledge that sometimes we revert back to pretending they're alive. And like, I don't know, it's weird. As I watched the first couple episodes with my daughter uh, of, of, you know, in season one. So I knew Splinter was in it. And I could tell that Leonardo was, you know, something happened to Splinter uh, and Leonardo was upset about it. But to see Splinter get the sword or the, um, the, the you know, Shredder's claws through him. Fucking through his body. It was is obs- insane. It's insane to see as, a, as, a, as an adult. I can't imagine what a kid would act like. Yeah. I can tell you. Oh. How did he act? Oh. That's what he said. That was it. That was the whole thing. <laughs> Kids today are so desensitized. It's fine. Oh. It's true. It's fine. So Leonardo starts to explain what's going on. Like, I, I don't know how you would even explain like the insanity of the story, but he tries. 
And then Donatello yells, and they're like, oh, shit, we got this bomb, but there's other bombs and other realities, and we got to go. We have like six minutes or whatever. Nine. Yeah, nine minutes. Yeah, it's some just artificial time constraint. I will add, the nine minutes is almost completely accurate to the timestamp on the on the show. Oh, it's like a high noon situation. Indeed. <laughs> Real attention to detail. So they're going to go back to the 80s cartoon world, but then the turtles are like, oh, fuck, Splinter. And, and you get this, this beautiful moment. All right, team, let's do this. Turtle power! Enough with the turtle power already. Let's just go. I love Leonardo there. Newly Goodbye, started. Sensei. <sighs> I found this moment really funny <laughs> because it's clear that they're trying to build, like, the turtles know, like, this guy's dead. Like, mm-hmm. you know, they're, they're leaving him. But behind them are the 80s turtles with their big dead eyes. It <laughs> <laughs> just fucking deflates any, any emotional pull they were trying to have there. Like, they couldn't have had the old turtles go through the portal and just leave the new ones behind to have that moment. No, they just had to have them there, like, grinning and dead eyes. <laughs> Is it just Leonardo that knows Splinter's dead, or they all, all four of the new ones know that he's dead? They all know he's point. gone, but Leonardo is much more serious than the rest of them. Mm-hmm. So I think like he's he's like more yeah. broody about it because the other three are like, listen, the good guys win and the bad guys lose, homie. We're going to be fine. But yeah, I guess that makes sense. But like, even if they all see, you would think that all four of them seeing Splinter in this would like give them some sense of like longing for, for their master, right? Like oh, remember when he was alive, right? Like, But Leonardo seems to be the only one who kind of shows that or displays that. If I recall correctly, Leonardo was the only one who saw it happen. Okay. So okay. It's, it's more of like a real thing to him where the others are kind of like, it's over, but we're going to fix it. And he's like, no, like he's dead. <laughs> he's, okay. So he had a, his experience was more intense than theirs. I gotcha. I okay, all right. It's the power of puberty. Mm-hmm. So they leave. And Ninja they, Turtles. They think they're going to the 80s dimension, but they don't because they end up somewhere else entirely. And they run into a new Krang. So I'm just going to play the new Krang voice. Well, let's get this bit out of the way. Hands in the air, turtle freaks. We got you surrounded. I hacked your stupid portal and brought you here. Why? Because I'm awesome. I like that for Gilbert Gottfried, they had him and they're like, all right, we got to change this up a little bit. Let's get this guy some dominoes and we'll just record him like mid-chew. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's the tip to this character. Gilbert Gottfried is this version of Krang and he has a robot body kind of, except it looks like a mech suit, but it has a mannequin head for some reason. That is common among the high ranking Krangs in the new series. Why? Because it's funny. Yeah, why the head? <laughs> I mean, it is funny. I, that's really only the only reason. It's just... Oh, okay. It, the, I mean, the head looks like Uma Thurman from Pulp Fiction with glasses. And it's just like, what the fuck is happening? I thought it was Velma from Scooby-Doo. <laughs> what am I, Megan Fox? Speaking that of, joke is in here. Speaking of Velma, so Mindy, Mindy Kaling is doing a new Velma series. And the, there was an announcement that the character is going to be East Asian. And let me tell you... There's a certain subset of people on the internet that are very upset. <laughs> Why even do the cartoon if you're going to change the character? And it's like, <sighs> you could do that. <laughs> I, don't, I don't need to spend a lot of time on this point, but I had a chuckle. People are funny. <laughs> people are insane and precious. So the, the gist of this is that 
they're in the Technodrome. I don't know if it's the new Technodrome or the old Technodrome. It doesn't matter. But we find oh, is that where they are? I'm just assuming. Okay. Yeah. So they don't they don't do much with it. But the, as it turns out, the two Krangs are in cahoots. And here's the link. You did good, cousin. We banished you because you're a screw up. But you made up for it. Welcome home. Krang in the original cartoon, yes, he's a bumbler, but all the villains are bumblers. It just, it sort of bugged me that just at every turn, they're like, hey, that universe is fucking dumb and we're smarter here. And it's just like- You're worse. <laughs> you're, you're objectively worse. It just felt like really hipstery, like we're better than you and we're so fucking smart. And yes, I realize I'm reading too much into it, but it just, it's a little bit off-putting. In 2012, that was the funny thing to do. Like that was- No, it wasn't. <laughs> Respectfully disagree. Okay. The Gilbert Gottfried Krang is like the king or the prince or whatever. He's the subprime. Yeah. Well, okay, whatever. I don't, I don't need to, Krang royalty structure. Very, very complicated. The whole fiefdom. So in the background, the, the turtles all fuck up robots and stuff. And they use the gun to escape back to the 80s world. Two Krangs follow. They pull the bomb down while fighting the two Krangs. I think, I assume they disarm it. It just yeah. looks like they... They pull it down, and then they start talking about the primary turtles reality. <laughs> and with all this science babble, I was like, "Man, this is tough to follow." And I'm in my mid thirties, like as a child, this is just confusing. And you know, I guessed where it go- was going, but it's just like, how many realities were they going to talk through? But the gist of this is the two Donatellos go into yet another world, which is the black and white comics world. And there's no dialogue or anything to this. It kind of looks like the Sega game comic zone, the way it's set up, like they're running between panels and stuff. They see the original turtles who are really bloodthirsty and stuff. Yeah, this part was, was fine. You know, it was well done. I thought it was a neat, neat visual. Sure. So those comics are really bloody, right? I liked how they kept like teasing the violence that was about to happen to uh, Don- the Donatellos. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's good. You know, I think I'm, I'm glad they did it 10 years ago. And, uh, <laughs> go. This came out before, uh, the Spider-Verse movie. Yeah. You know, I, I kind of wanted them to go a little crazier. I know they only have like 20 minutes, but I was curious if they had like any other episodes where they just, this kept, just kept happening and maybe they went into the, the live action world where like at one point, like it'd be fun if they like shot over to the toy world and it was just like a sort of a robot chicken, like stop motion thing with the toys, which would have been fun. Seth Green kept pitching it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He got out of the recording studio. I was like, guys, I got an idea. I got an idea, guys. Here's a pitch. You guys, yeah. if we were a creative consultant firm for cartoons. Yeah, CCF. They would be so much better off for having our input because that would be brilliant. But no, Thank that you. doesn't happen in the series. Ah, ah, such is life. So they leave the comics. They're back in the 80s. They go back to the Technodrome somehow. And New Krang said something really weird when they got back to the Technodrome. Welcome back, heinous reptiles. Welcome back, heinous reptiles. Welcome back, penis reptiles. Penis. He, even he is wondering who's got the biggest hog. Let's play that one more time. Heinous reptiles. Penis reptiles. The, the more I hear it, the more heinous it sounds. It is heinous. Uh, it's, it's penis. Yep. Do you think he calls them penis reptiles because of their smooth heads? Yes. No question. Yeah, and their veiny arms. Yeah. So now the turtles, like, they're in the shit. The two Krangs are holding them hostage or whatever. But here we find out 
that 80s crank really is a bumbler. You've been trying to wipe out dimensions? We've been trying to mutate for thousands of years? Are you insane? Well. So as it turns out, his mission was to just destroy the turtles, not bomb the dimensions out of existence. Interesting times. Interesting well, things. Well. And then New Krang starts beating Old Krang up. He uses a term I was surprised to hear in a Nickelodeon cartoon. A dingleberry! I also noticed that. <laughs> I, I noticed and appreciated it. Agreed. We're going to go to the old, uh, the old Urban Dictionary here. Listeners, if you don't know what a dingleberry is, let me define it as the Urban Dictionary does here. It's a piece of shit that hangs on one of your ass hairs and won't fall off. That is what a dingleberry is. Much less, much <laughs> yeah. less kid friendly than the dingle hopper, which is the fork that Ariel uses to comb her hair. We're going to take a quick diversion here. Also in the Urban Dictionary, the uh, the dingleberry fiesta. This is from the H Monster, December 3rd, 2009. Oh, yeah. The Dingleberry Fiesta, an infestation of dingleberries in one's anus, generally caused by an overly sweaty ass crack or from taking a shit right after a shower while one's ass is still wet. The toilet paper disintegrates into many pieces, becoming entangled in ass hairs, resulting in a Dingleberry Fiesta, most often caused by super soft or thin toilet paper. As I'm a fan of the uh, the porn cum fiesta, sure. I thought... Dingleberry Fiesta was going to go in a different direction. I'm glad it didn't. Yeah, it would have, would have been a much worse direction. Yeah. So, Is a dingle hopper the fork you use to remove dingleberries, Shailen? I guess if you want to get perverse with the Little Mermaid universe. No, they, they got perverse. I'm just, I'm just picking up what's there. I mean, mm-hmm. in the cartoon directly, they only ever show her comb her hair with it, not her dingleberries, but I'm not, I'm not going to discount the possibility. <laughs> yeah, it's similar to like a brush kind of combs out your tangles. The dingle hopper right. combs out your, right. your dingleberries. Your dingleberries. Hashtag Ariel's, mm-hmm. Ariel's dingleberries. Uh, hashtag dingleberry fiesta. Now, new crane kicks old crane back to 2D. That's the end of him. We get another big fight. All the turtles gang up on Gilbert Godfrey crane. They kick his head around, they play Hacky Krang, and they blast him into the comics dimension. And he hates black and white. The turtles, they're all together. They're like, hey, buddies, thanks for the help, pals. And then they all bow, and the 80s turtles leave. Now we're back to the 2D world. <laughs> and this is where the show gets weird. <laughs> this is where the, the spot. The final minute. <laughs> yeah. So they're they're sitting on a building, and they're eating pizza, and they're like, Things are totally back to normal, Reno's. And then, all of a sudden, a portal opens up, and... A giant freaky worm! This big-ass, off-white worm comes out, and it's just, like, yeah. terrorizing the streets. And they go down, and it's, like, this very silly fight, right? Like, you know, just the classic cartoon fight. But then, all of a sudden... <laughs> What the? Whoa! <laughs> There's a close-up shot of the body of the worm, or part of the body. A fucking sword comes out of its body, blasts green blood everywhere. This huge slice comes out, and then a tiger man climbs out. Yes. Who the fuck was this? So, this is a callback to a previous episode. Okay. <laughs> of new of the of new the series. New the series. Old series. Okay. The new okay. series. So, at the end of the episode. In the new series, like two seasons before this, the worm is called 
hold on. <laughs> I wrote it down. It's a Krathotrogon. Trigon. It's a Krathotrogon. Okay. And so in the new series, the mutagen that transforms the turtles and other creatures comes out of these worms and the krangs harvest their poop or their vomit. I can't remember. <laughs> the poop. Uh, to make <laughs> the dingleberries. And so at the end of the episode, earlier in the series, the the new Ninja Turtles are like, ah, oh, send it to a new dimension and it will be like off our hands and it's not a problem anymore. And then that episode ends with the worm showing oh, okay. up. So it's a callback to that. So the, the tiger guy is one of Shredder's guys. Okay. So it's okay. like, oh, you know, like a good day in the city. And then now Shredder has another ally that they're dealing with. It ties together. but It's like mirrors. I see. It confused the hell out of me. I had no idea. I was like, this is the cartoon continue with like both stories being told. Is this just like a nice little callback to end the show? I don't. Yeah, I, I had no idea. Do they come back again? They don't come back again. But I think that they were leaving the door open on purpose in case they wanted to write that mm-hmm. because that would have been fun too. Like, it worked out once. Maybe you get the, the voice actors back a second time. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I mean, the, yeah, yeah. The, the, I think the concept works. It's just, it's funny, again, when you put it all in context, that it is a essentially a, like a step out of time story mm-hmm. out of this insane season-long arc. And it's just like, yeah, so they had enough ideas for three seasons, huh? <laughs> yeah. Before they, they get into the, to the acid. The mutagen. The LSD. The fucking ooze. Started listening to the, the dead, you know? They were listening yeah, to the Jerry. doors way too much, man. Yeah. Played Dark Side of the Moon backwards. <laughs> but that's Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2012 version. Show it to a child. Yes, no, maybe. Hell yeah, have done. <laughs> Hell yeah, have done. Yes, yes, would. Uh, five stars would show to a child again. Sure, why not? And we'll go with one to five... Let's go with one to five dingleberries. Five dingleberries, Ben. I like it a lot. I think it's great. It's not perfect, but it doesn't have to be perfect to get five stars. Okay. I'm giving this a a dingleberry fiesta. For me, it's it's five. I've I've really enjoyed this. Um, I, I know there's like some annoying things about the d- dimension hopping and 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 all that and like what it means, but yeah, this was this was a fun one. Ben. What about you? Three and a half. It was fine. It, no, it was okay. It was good, and I enjoyed it. I did not enjoy that the show made me feel old. You know, like <laughs> you know, I, I don't, I don't want to be one of those people that's like back in my day. But you know, I don't want to beat a dead horse here. But you know, the way that I interpreted the cartoon, and maybe seeing it in context would be different. I don't know. We try to do things in context, but cartoons it, meant something back if, then. You know, it just felt like. Yeah, that show sucked and like that that stuff's lame, but it's like, yeah, but I like that stuff and it makes this come off sort of dour mm-hmm. in comparison. And like I said, maybe it's not sort of the representation of these new turtles as they usually are, but just this idea of this weird space mission they're on is not super appealing. So it was good. You know, I'm not I'm not like, oh fuck it sucked. Fuck it sucked shit. And <laughs> my job fuck fuck it better. Can't believe they recast Michelangelo. Yeah, and I Wish if you're gonna do this, just spend the money and like hand draw the seven minutes you were in that universe. Yeah. Doing it, doing it like you know, drawing it on a computer. You can tell it. It just doesn't. It doesn't feel the same. Yeah, so. the, the two dimensional turtles were were too smooth. Mm-hmm. What I will say is that for all of 
the remakes and the callbacks and the other stuff that we have talked about over time on this show, I feel like this was a really smooth transition between dimensions. Smooth like the penis turtles. Correct. And even though the animation, it wasn't perfect, I think that the investment in the voice actors really paid off on the other side. Like, I think. <laughs> Do you think they were all busy? Yes. And Ron Paulson is always working. But he was already Ron on Paulson the show. was already on the show. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. like oh, Cam right. Clark and, and Townsend Coleman are always busy. They are working men. Constantly, you know, they go to the grocery store. They've got an appointment with their mechanic. They're, they're constantly busy. They're Townsend Coleman is so busy, busy, he doesn't have a Twitter account. So, how do you know this? Because I obviously follow them all on Twitter. Are you kidding? Okay. Do okay. you think this is a thing that just started with the show? I have a weird thing about voice actors. Yeah, he was so busy that between. 2009 and 2014 he was in no television shows he's been working since before denver this man is fine <laughs> since before denver bd <laughs> i don't even don't explain what that means we'll just we're just gonna we're just gonna assume. he's my friend and a whole lot more okay okay denver let's push on here before denver for god's sake <laughs> you guys i got to pick the cartoon yeah and yeah, so uh, I made a game. That's how it goes. Mm-hmm. I have named it for the first time in WatchBots history, possibly. Mm-hmm. Turtles, tortoises, terrapins, this or that, shell shocked edition. Ooh, Ooh, I like that. All right. So the premise of this game is this or that. This or that. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and it is based on. Urban legends and facts and speculations about existing television shows, primarily cartoons. Mm -hmm. So over time since 1987, many people have posed the question, are the Ninja Turtles Ninja Turtles or are they Ninja Tortoises? Because they don't have webbed feet. Turtles mostly have webbed feet. Can I ask a question? Yes. Are tortoises amphibians? Yes. No, I'm I'm (laughs) fucking with you. They're not. They're not. They're reptiles. You just got caught then. It's true. Amphibious eggs grow in water generally. Reptile eggs do not. Uh, true. <laughs> do I get a point? Ooh, ducks are made of wax. No. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so the, the turtles have individual three fingers on each hand, right? I'm demonstrating with my hands. The Ninja Turtles do. Yeah. And so there's, for for decades, the que- or decade- no, actually, I think it might have been two whole decades. The speculation was they're actually tortoises. Teenage Mutant Tortoises would have been a funnier name, et cetera, and so on. You might but, even say it's been up for 30 or more years. But it got solved because in the shitty movie that came out, they discovered that they're actually red-eared terrapins, which is a North American version of a turtle. So they are, in fact, turtles. God. So put, what I'm going to do... put a fucking bullet in me that they bothered to explain that. <laughs> Is the game how long Ben and I can survive while you explain this? <laughs> the game is I'm going to give you a beloved character or set of characters. They might not be beloved. They're just characters. Okay. Oh and then God. I'm going to I'm gonna give you like a this or that. And then based solely on my own interpretation, we, you'll get it right We have wrong. to tell you if they're beloved or not? Or is that not part of the... That's not part of it. <laughs> okay. All right. Goofy. Are they, these are all turtle characters? Goofy's no. Turtle character. Goofy, beloved. Okay. How, how are we doing this? All right, Disney's Goofy. 
So yeah. the conspiracy slash question at hand. This or that. Is he a dog? Yes or no? Are we both answering? Yeah. Yes, he's a dog. Yes. Wrong. Both of you are wrong. He's a goof. What? Based on the Fuck. goofy movie, that's his own anthropomorphic species. Oh. I'm not a goof. That's actually a quote. I looked it up. Both of you have zero points. Mickey Mouse. Mm-hmm. Mouse? Not a yes. mouse. Yes. He is a mouse. No. What is he, Ben? A goof. That's not part <laughs> of the question. <laughs> it's yes or no. He is an anthropomorphic being that is mouse-like. And you know this. Because he said that it's not a mouse. Not a mouse. Hell so yeah. Ben has one point, but he answered the wrong thing when he tried to define what it is. But that's not part of the question. <laughs> I'm just pointing out that you weren't perfect. That's all. There are multiple. What are we doing? We're playing this or that. Is beloved. <laughs> is beloved. So there are several shorts of Mickey Mouse and many stories. Uh-huh. where he is shown with actual mice on the screen. And as a result, you know, he's not actually a mouse. Hmm. And it's always really alarming when Mickey lets mice out of their cages. Yeah. It's like, it's like, aren't you a fucking mouse? What are those things? And as it turns out, he's not a mouse. According to Shaylin, not a mouse. Scrappy-Doo. Cousin? <laughs> Annoying, like yes. Is he a cousin or not a cousin to Scooby-Doo? Oh, man. Or a nephew or relative relation. How deep does the rel- relation thing? I'm going to say no. He's related to Scooby or he isn't? Is that the question? That's the question. Okay. I think that's a yes. Dave is once again wrong. Ben said no. And here, again, like this is where you're subject to Shaylin's interpretation. Scooby-Doo has very many relatives that show up in the original series before Scrappy-Doo sure. is introduced. Scooby-Poo, uh-huh. Pooby-Doo. Scooby Pooby Poob. Scooby Doo has cousins Scooby D and Scooby Dumb. So first and last name are reversed in Scooby Doo's family's universe. Which means Scrappy Doo is like having two people named Dave. Fuck that guy. Not related. <laughs> My head hurts. Hold on, hold on. Scooby Doo, how old are you? Scrappy Doo is Scooby Doo's feisty nephew. Scrappy's mother is Scooby's sister, Ruby Doo. Scrappy made his debut in 1979, joining his already famous uncle for a new cartoon adventure that producers hoped would boost Scooby Doo's flagging ratings on ABC. This is where. Prior to that, there were already established cousins to Scooby Doo, Dave. That's what I'm telling you. I'm saying that the producers messed it up and that they are wrong. (laughs) But. I told you you're subject to my interpretation. I didn't base any of this in fact. All right. I have to get into the mind of Shalyn, which is a scary place. I'm going to rename this the Magical Mystery Game. I have no fucking idea what is happening. <laughs> so now you're like, fucking winning, though. Because I'm like I'm saying yes or no, and then there's just like... <laughs> I, like I heard the word do 75 times in the last minute. What, what, like, what's happening? There's also a Doobie-Doo, the um, Grateful Dead following. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, Scooby-Doo. Mind you, I'm, I'm totally on board here, so... Yeah, yeah. This or that? All right, Shalyn. Princess or No. No. I, I didn't give you names. Oh. <laughs> okay. Moana. What? No. <laughs> Is she a Disney princess or not? Oh, wait, hold on. Oh, oh that's oh. a different question. Does, if Disney princess, yes. Princess in the reality of the movie, no. Dave? Um, I'm going with Ben's logic there. Okay, so both of you are right, except that she's not a fucking princess. She's a fucking queen. Right, but in the, <laughs> they define them as Disney princesses and... 
I, I don't know. Like, there's you no, each there's, get half a point. there's no, there's no bonus points here. I don't know what we're doing. Mulan, same question. No. Same exact answer. All right. So between those two questions, the two of you get half a point. <laughs> well, hold on. No, wait. Dave get gets a whole point because he didn't explain himself. You lose points if you're too. Good. <laughs> what? You referred to this game as a tight ten. <laughs> You're halfway through the game. Right. It's been 37 minutes. <laughs> All right. We're going to go. We're transporting ourselves into Rocco's modern life. Ooh. No. Is that the answer? <laughs> so we're not yes, we are transporting we ourselves. We are into in Rocco's modern life. Modern life. That's, a, okay. that's a point for me. Mm-hmm. Mr. and Mrs. Bighead. Attractive. Reptile or amphibian? Oh, amphibian. Just like oh, the Ninja Turtles. Ninja Turtles are not amphibian. Mm, they are in my reality. No, amph- amphibian. You're both right. They're cane toads. That's right. They're yes. not horny toads, as you might be led to believe by Mrs. Bighead's second job when she was a phone sex operator. I don't know if you remember that episode. It was <laughs> real weird. Or just Ed's, you know, just constant need for sex. Ugh. Were they supposed to be like the Bundys? What? Yeah, like Alan Peg Bundy. I don't know. I don't know. Listeners, uh, hit us up at WatchBots Pod. Hashtag Al Bighead. Cane <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> toads with children. All right. Yes. I'm gonna... The Rugrats. Here's a conspiracy theory. <laughs> you tell me, valid or not valid, this or that. The conspiracy theory states. Your hair is a bird. that angelica is the only child until dylan is born who baby dill dill oh dill pickles okay tommy died of sids as a very (laughs) tiny baby jesus the fuck is is wrong with people which is why his dad spends all his time in the basement being weird and inventing toys that his kid will never enjoy oh my god Chucky actually died in the car accident with his mom. Huh. The twins were a stillborn single baby that they never found the gender of, so Angelica to turn them into twins. She's lonely and sad, and so has invented the personas of these children who didn't survive past a certain point. Real or not real? What do you say? Conspiracy theory valid, not valid? I believe you believe that that conspiracy theory is invalid because there are other characters that interact with those babies and not just within the family. There's like a friend character. I think her name is Susie. She gets involved later in the season. I think it's invalid because it goes outside of that family that Angelica would know. I'm not going to go down this rabbit hole on the internet. I'm not going to do it because it's fucking crazy. (laughs) But it's like this. (laughs) I can picture it. This is exactly like the QAnon chant, right? Where JFK Jr. was going to come out on like a day and then he didn't and then they kept moving it. Like this feels like the exact same thing. You refute it and it's like, well, no. Because JFK Jr. was part of Rugrats too. It's just fucking crazy. No, the answer is no. (laughs) That's awful. That's fucked up. It's super fucked up and both of you got the answer right. Okay. So well done. What's the score? Uh, Ben has one, two, three, four, five. And Dave has one... To three and a half. 23 okay. and a half or three and a half? Three and a half. Two, three and a half. Five to three and a half. 
two threes and a half. So I have six and a half points. It's my favorite Charlie Sheen sitcom. Pinky in the Brain. We have another Rob Poslin joint. You're you're familiar with this show? We watched the Christmas episode. Yeah, he sounds like Indeed. Raphael because it's the only fucking voice. The song lyric is, uh-huh. one is a genius, the other's insane. Which one is the genius? Oh, Pinky, obviously. Dave? So I have to think what your interpretation of this is. That is I correct. Have to, I have to constantly remind myself of this rule. Pinky is the genius. Both of you are right. He stops world domination every single time. He keeps jamming crayons in his brain. Well done. Friendship. Stop looking at my paper, you. I was trying to see how many questions we had Two. Left. Okay. Oh, my God. All right. This one gets a little outlandish. <laughs> According to okay. business... This one does? Yeah. So this is... <laughs> We're going to modify rules slightly here. Okay. This is not according oh, to Shaylin. I just No, I just got used to the rules. <laughs> according to Business Insider. Uh-huh. The Smurfs. A tale of white supremacy? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Absolutely it is. Do you want me to read you the quote? Yeah. This is yeah. great. This is really weird. Business Insider states, all the Smurfs wear white hats that resemble KKK hoods, except the Grand Wizard of the Smurfs, Papa Smurf, who wears a red hood. Mm -hmm. They live in perfect harmony, but are constantly under threat from the big-nosed evil Jew Gargamel, who wants to use them for his own twisted enrichment. Shame on that author for just assuming that because Gargamel has a big nose, he's Jewish. (laughs) Yeah, that's the problem with that. Yeah. That's the problem. (laughs) Well, oh, that's one of the many problems, but like, Jesus Christ. Peyo, well-known white supremacist. <laughs> yeah. All right. Belgium zone. Our last this or that. Is the cast of Gilligan's Island dead or alive? Not the cast, but like on the show, the characters. So the cast. The yeah. cast of characters. The cast of characters. Well, I know Gilligan's dead. Not in real life, Ben. Oh, IRL. Is the show about castaways or is it about a bunch of people stuck in purgatory? Gosh, just fucking proto lost. Yeah, sure, they're dead. Are we back to Shailen interpretation? Shailen interpretation. Okay. I'm going to say no because you really love Gilligan's Island and you're like, fuck, like if they're all dead, like it just changes all the jokes and makes the whole thing sad. And that was the only show that brought me joy. It was the only thing that brought me joy as I grew up going through my parents' divorce. So I think that they are alive. No, you're wrong. I think that they're stuck in purgatory and that Gilligan is who keeps intervening in the plots where they try to like show that they're worthy to get out of purgatory. And then Gilligan Mm -hmm. shows up bumbling and is like, Now what about when the Harlem Globetrotters show up? No, is that just a fantasy? Yes. Okay. Are they dead too? No. That's it. So they they can fantasize, but they're dead. Correct. I don't I don't buy that. Yeah. Speaking of the Harlem Globetrotters, what I was watching a yes, but (laughs) so this week is uh, is E three the big video game conference for the year, and there's a new version of Intellivision coming out, and part of it was they were talking about the big brands they had signed up with to make new Intellivision games and. You know, they had Sesame Street and they had Major League Baseball, but they also had Evil Knievel and the Harlem Globetrotters. <laughs> it was like, well, 
who, who, what, like, what are we doing here? I laughed. It's funny. Good digression. Yeah. I'm excited for the Intellivision. Sure. Congratulations to Ben for winning Turtles, Tortoises, Terrapins, this or that, Shell-Shocked Edition, seven to five. What a ride. You threw me through so many dimension portals of rules. I got so confused, and it was just a simple concept of this or that. I don't know why I couldn't grasp this game. And at the end of it, Rob Paulson was there to congratulate you. Was he Donatello? Was he Raphael? No one will ever know. No, he was a red-tipped terp terrapin. Red-eared. He was a penis reptile. Yeah. They all were. That's how it goes. And then he was the Riddler. Oh, no, the mailbag. Hey, party people. Benifer is back. It's a sign that we're cycling back to the early 2000s. What trend from that time do you want back? Sincerely yours, Benjamin Lowfleck Alf Pez. Hmm. Evanescence. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just kidding. New, no, I, I'm with you. I think, I think new metal in general. Oh, yeah, yeah. New metal? Yeah. New metal. I was on a, a, a work call with, with somebody, and I, I saw that they had a framed photo of um, a Limp Biscuit album. <laughs> okay. Uh, or a framed uh, album cover of Limp Biscuit. I like it. It completely took me out of of the meeting like i was just staring at it wondering how he got to that point right mm-hmm. i don't remember what the meeting was about to be honest <laughs> i've never seen anything framed about limp biscuit it's mind-numbing really was it a west borland signed um i don't know all black contact lens <laughs> no that was in like a little uh like it was uh, like sitting on a, a purple velvet pillow and, and under a glass case mm-hmm. This was just. I took a picture of it. Um, you, you, you two go go with your answers. I'm gonna. Uh, I'm gonna find this picture. I mean, in the early 2000s, I could eat a lot of food and just kept losing no, weight. So a, that was that's nice. Not a trend. That was a trend for me. God, I liked the little butterfly hair clips. <laughs> okay. I liked the baggy jeans. I liked the big uh, the bondage pants and fucking big pants with the loops. I never had the them loops, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just Jinkos. Had, had big big uh, carpenter jeans. Yeah, new metal definitely up there. The biscuit, LP, Lincoln Park, Disturbed, Static X, Slipknot, all killer jams. Did you guys say cargo pants? Yeah. Okay. Uh, no, yeah. I said no. We didn't say cargo. No, pants. No, we said baggy I, pants and jinko baggy yeah. pants. Cargo pants would be sure. nice to have back. Sweater vests. Sweater vests never went away. Then uh, sweater. Yeah. Well, that's true. Um, I'm not a vest. I don't like vests. <laughs> it's a problem. I, I, I find them useless. Bucket hats are legitimately back in fashion. I have seen them in several places. Bucket head is back as well. I mean, bucket head never went away. <laughs> I bought a bucket hat once for vacation. I called it my vacation hat, and then I lost it on a log flume. It's heartbreaking. <laughs> and that was in the early 2000s. That's true. Yeah, it was a great time. I think people look back at that time badly, like, and I think it's mostly new metal that, that flavors it. But I read an article once that called, it was saying about Slipknot, and it called them like WWE metal. And I thought that was the most apt thing I had ever read in my life. <laughs> the, was Pretty that an point. insult? Oh, yeah, for sure. Oh. Do, oh, you know, I, do you know who wrote that article? J.D. Salinger. <laughs> <laughs> do you know that was also good about the early 2000s, which probably wouldn't have been in both of your wheelhouses directly, was the Delia catalog? Sure. Was into that? What is that? It was like preteen and teenager girl fashion 
but you could also get like inflatable furniture and like funny mm. telephones. They had one the clear telephone that you could see the insides of. And Oh, so like a Spencer's gift catalog kind of thing. But it wasn't it didn't venture to like the weird shit. It was like, mm-hmm. "Oh, decorate your room with this funny clock." You know what else I would bring back? I'd bring back MTV shows from that time. Oh, Undressed, yeah. Tom Green, Jackass. Tom Green Bangers, sure. one and all. Yeah. You know what I liked about uh, the early 2000s? Maybe maybe it was the late 90s carrying into this too was plaid. Everything was plaid. Mm-hmm. I loved plaid. I, you know, I had a friend who had plaid wallpaper with plaid sheets. Sure. Like a plaid comforter and a nice all wore plaid shirts. It was, it was nice. It was easy. Like you could be adventurous with patterns without being adventurous with patterns. Hmm. I have a lot of plaid in my closet still. Should I not be wearing that? Sorry. Is that not in fashion? Well, I don't think I, I think you can still wear it. I just I want it to see I want to see it not on clothes. I want to see like plaid blankets and plaid. You know, I'm gonna see that again. So like a quilt. It's like a mighty mighty Boston's album out here. Yeah, yeah. Actually, I heard mighty mighty Boston's on the radio the other day. It was the impression that I get, and I was like, maybe should I get into ska again? Oh boy, I never got out of ska. Ska's great. <laughs> that, yeah, yeah. People give ska uh-huh. bad rap, but. Uh, it's all good. Listeners, we want to hear from you at WatchBotsPod on the Twitter. What early 2000s trends do you want to bring back? Hashtag Millennium Man. Or hashtag, oh God, what's that movie? Oh God, it's gone. She's all that. No, hold on. One flew over the cuckoo's nest. <laughs> it's not that either. Hold on. Give me just a second. Is it the one with Usher? No, don't. And she's all that. Don't worry. Urban Legend nope. Final Cut. Nope, here it is. Hold on. I just got to find the movie poster. <laughs> Hashtag the meteor man. Is <laughs> 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 that worth it? The Robert Townsend movie? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think so. I think so. I think so. You know, um, I, I, I know we're, we're, we're getting out of it, but another trend I thought of was um, this was started in the mid to late 90s with like Scream and Halloween H2O, but like it carried well into the 2000s was the slick, cynical, um, like heavily soundtracked horror movies. Those, oh, those were yeah. Always, those were always a fun time. Urban Legend. That's, that's the one. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's the kicker, baby. Was it Disturbing Behavior. Yep. That's a good one. Yeah. They, they always had like a hit signal that like I would get the album for just to hear that one song. Yeah. Everything had a very sheen back then. But not yes. the remake of House of Wax because that movie sucked. That was in the late 2000s though. Less yeah. I think that's where it stopped. Yeah. yeah that was like that 05 or 06. That was the end. Well, that's round four of the Ninja Turtles. I mean, we have a lot more left to get through, but the picture becomes ever clearer. And that's... <laughs> that's the that's the shell of it you know huh. <laughs> that's the tortoise and nothing but the tortoise <laughs> so I I called in a special favor this evening <laughs> okay. and to take us out tonight hold on you get, well no we gotta get through the bullshit first oh fuck you blew your wad you, I'm so excited you're like a penis turtle you can follow us on Twitter, <laughs> Instagram on Jiffy at Watchbots Pod. Please subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes and or your platform of choice for Dave and for for Shailen and the cast of thousands. This has been. Thank you for listening to another episode of Watchbots. And 
you know, this is the part of the show where I usually vamp on for about five minutes trying to figure out an exit. But I have an exit. Oh, you do? It's like the Matrix. Tonight, to finish up our show, Dave. Yes. Is going to sing the theme song to the 2012 Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Okay. Do I need to lay down a backing beat? I just sent you the lyrics, Dave. No, am I supposed to just sing this as Dave? Is there any other characters I should be doing? You know, really g- give me give me a challenge, Shalyn. All right, I want you to be Ringo Starr channeling his inner Donatello. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I don't know. Here we go. Well, let me get the character. Hold on. I don't know what this is, but we're gonna we're gonna try it out. All right. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Heroes in a half shell, turtle power. Here we go with Celine Green Ninja Team on the scene. Cool teens doing ninja thingly doos. So extreme out of the sewer do like laser beams. Get rocked with the shell shocked pizza kings. Can't stop these radical doodly doodly dudes. The secret of the ooh ooh oohs made the chosen few. Kawabunga dudes. Leonardo's the leader in blue. Does anything it takes to his music through? Donatello is a fellow with his, <laughs> with his machines. Raphael is the most attitudinal dude on the team. Michelangelo, he's one of a kind, and you know just where to find what? You know just where to find him when it's party time. Is that? Did I do it? You guys left me. Penis reptiles. Now, shock.